Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory. Today, we are going to be talking about how to write lyrics to a melody. So, chances are you either tend to write lyrics first or music first. Now, in the case that you do tend to write music first, as it seems most people do, you find yourself often in a situation where you have this bit of music. Maybe it's a melody. Maybe it's it's just chords. Maybe it's chords and a melody. Maybe you have a full song except for the lyrics. So how do you write lyrics to that? We're going to talk about that today because I think it's really important to talk about. And even as somebody who used to be very lyrics first, and for me, the most important part of a song is arguably the lyrics. I would say lyrics and melody kind of tied for me. Um, even in my position, I do tend to write the music first. Usually the order I like to do it in is I start with like a piano riff or a guitar riff that I sort of like build a melody off of that and then figure out what the lyrics are is the most common order that I tend to write now. So we're going to talk from that point of view of the point of view of, look, you have a melody. Now, how do we get some lyrics? And the first step to really do is listen. You got to listen to your melody, right? Because you want the melody to pair well with what the lyrics are. This may sound like an extreme example, but if the song is in a minor key and all the melody sounds super sad and dramatic and emotional and like you're crying out in pain, it probably shouldn't be a love song, right? I mean, that's obvious. But even more than that, it's important to really dive into what the actual emotion is. And I don't, I'm not talking just happy versus sad, right? Those are, those are very shallow surface level emotions, right? Almost like if there's a spectrum of feelings, happy is one end, sad is the other end. And this 50% is all like sad. This 50% is all happy. We want to dive in and get more precise words to really convey like, okay, what is this emotion of this melody that I hear? And certainly this is going to be a subjective to some point, right? But the key thing we're looking for here is to really try to figure out what the music is demanding of you. So the first thing to do is whether you're playing that or maybe you have it recorded and you're listening to it over and over to really just listen and figure out what these core emotions are. Maybe a whole story comes to your mind, which is totally fine. That's actually the even even better next step, right? If we if we can figure out the exact emotions and we can figure out sort of the story of this this melody, the story of this music we have so far, that's even better. But just start. You're not allowed to use words like happy, sad, heartbreak, right? Those are all very vague. We can dive deeper into all of those words. So for example, if you go to thesaurus.com, which by the way, thesaurus.com is an amazing tool for songwriters. I would say rhymezone.com and thesaurus.com are two of the best online tools I use for songwriting. Uh, Rhymezone to figure out some rhymes if you are choosing to rhyme for a song and then thesaurus for getting better words or what I like to call more precise words. So to talk a little bit about precise words as it relates to writing lyrics 
for the melody that you have, we have to dive into more precise emotions than happy, sad, and things like that, right? So even if you just on thesaurus.com put in happy, or sorry, sad, you'll get some synonyms like bitter, dismal, melancholy, mournful, pessimistic, somber, sorry, wistful, dejected, hurting, distressed, forlorn, gloomy, pensive, morose. And almost all of those words have totally different connotations, right? And they all generally fall under the sad, right? But wistful, for example, is very, very different than dismal, right? Dismal sort of has this defeated attitude, right? Like dismal is when there's no hope. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. You just, you know, you're lying in a pit and you see no way out, right? That's, that's dismal. Whereas wistful is sort of like you're in a pensive, you're sort of sad now, but you're longing for a past that you used to have, right? And, and maybe that past, like seeing how good it used to be or remembering memories of a lost loved one gives you hope for the future, right? So, so the connotation difference between a word like, you know, dismal and a word like wistful is, is massive, right? It's sort of like going to the example of heartbreak, right? Heartbreak is very general, right? There's so many stages of heartbreak, right? And there's so many complex mixes of emotions that you can feel, right? One day you might just be downright miserable, right? You might be dismal, right? You might feel dismal about it or mournful, right? But mournful and dismal have, even though they're a little more similar, right? But mournful has that, that necessary component of loss. Dismal just really is the lack of hope. And again, these, these are small but profound differences. And as a songwriter, just as sort of a general song, songwriting note, these are the sort of things that you really want to get in the habit of diving into. Cause, cause this type of thing, right? That like, okay, sad, not a great word. Let's dive deeper. What type of sad, um, is, is really the attitude you should take towards your lyrics as well, which I talk about in my free guide on the six step process to writing incredible lyrics. Uh, link will be in the des description below, but that covers the six steps. I go from like song idea to totally completed lyric includes my, um, my iterative songwriting process or iterative lyric editing process to be more precise. Um, and talks about some of the things to do with like getting these really, really precise words to really bring your lyric to the next level. So if you're interested in that, we're not going to talk about that today, but you can pick up that guide for free in the description. Um, but for today, we're trying to find some of these words, some of these more precise words to convey the emotion of whatever melody we have, right? And so on the happy side, right, we have contented, cheerful, ecstatic, glad, joyful, merry, peaceful, thrilled, chipper, fleeful. Maybe that meant to say gleeful. I'm not sure what fleeful is. That seems wrong. Um, but jolly, tickled, blissful, gratified, right? And again, there's so many different connotations. Gratified, for example, has a feeling of like you were given something and you feel grateful for it. Um, whereas ecstatic is like a certain level of of, of, of high sort of, right? Like, for example, if you, if you meet your musical idol, right? Whoever your favorite songwriter is, your favorite band or artist, whatever you meet them in that moment, probably your emotion is something like ecstatic, right? And you're just on this high, like, I can't believe I met this person who wrote all my favorite songs, right? But 
the emotion, say, of joy or happiness that you feel when, you know, you you walk into your house at night and there's, you know, your wife of 10 years and you love and appreciate her and you're really happy, like that and grateful for what you have, right? That might be more like contented, right? You're probably not ecstatic about that um, because it's not necessarily a high. It's just a, a, a deeper, less fleeting thing, which ecstatic tends to probably be a fleeting high, right? And contented is more of a, a state of being. So I know we're diving deep into like words, right? But this is sort of what you have to do to figure out, okay, what is this melody demanding of me? Um, so I have an example. Let's take, nope, that's not it. We'll come back to this. My Google Drive is out of center. All right. So for example, let's say the emotion you decide on is wistful with a touch of bitterness and mourning. So those are three different words under sadness, right? Wistful and then touch of bitterness and mourning. So now the next step is to figure out, okay, what stories sort of convey that emotion? What, what states of being convey that emotion, right? So your melody sounds like that. So now it's time to find the story that we're going to tell that fits that emotion that you already have from your melody. So the first thing that comes to my mind, um, is experiencing the loss and dealing with the loss of a loved one due to an addiction or suicide or something of that nature. Why? Well, okay, we have wistful, right? Wistful implies a sense of longing, right? So wistful is, is sort of like, you know, somebody's passed away, say, and you're, you're wistful because you're thinking back on the good times with them, right? But then the touch of bitterness and mourning so mourning, now we know, now we know there's a loss, right? Because you're mourning something. Now that loss might not be death, right? It could be a breakup or it could be a severed friendship or it could be, you know, a dog you've lost, whatever it is. But there's some sense of loss because of mourning and then a touch of bitterness. Okay. So that's, that's, that's educating yourself even more on like, okay, what stage of grief are we at at the moment? Right. So just like with heartbreak, you know, there's, you can experience bitterness. You can experiment, you can experience, um, resentment, and then you can experience so, sort of the, the, the inverse of that, which is sort of sorrow or, um, you know, something where like you, you actually feel regret, right? So that's sort of the opposite. One is I'm angry at you. It's your fault. And the other one is, oh no, what did I do? Um, so similarly, bitterness, right? Is, is some anger at something external to yourself. Probably you can be bitter with yourself. Certainly, but usually we're talking about bitterness towards something else. So in my mind, I think, okay, so this is a person that we've established. We have probably good memories with it's a person that overall was a positive person in our lives. They're gone in some capacity, but we also have some bitterness over it. So first thing that comes to my mind is somebody who like died of addiction. So the example that I laid out in the blog post on this was uh, say a wife who has now lost a husband and father to their kids due to alcohol abuse, right? So she probably is wistful for the good times with him, right? He was her husband. 
So naturally she would, she would miss him in the, in the good parts of him. I assume there were good parts of him. That's why she married him. Right. Um, but, at, at, and then there's mourning, right? Because he's gone. And now, you know, she's at the funeral with her children or whatever your story is that we, that part doesn't matter yet, but there's mourning with that as well, obviously loss of a husband, but then the bitterness, right? So this is where it gets tricky, right? Cause there's different sides of bitterness. You can be bitter towards the alcohol sort of like blaming the addiction, but you also, and this is a common thing to feel, right? When, when, when you, it's sort of this, like you kind of blame the person, right? Even, even if it was some sort of sickness or disease, right? If, if somebody say committed suicide, you, you may know that like, Hey, depression is a very real thing they dealt with, but you might also still deal with a tinge of like, ah, oh, but I feel like that was selfish of them to leave their kids, right? Like here, here are our kids and, and they chose to leave this world and leave us behind. Now, regardless of how accurate that is or or right like that's not the point the point is what is this person feeling it's not necessarily correct to feel that way right because for example if if it is the if we go the depression route instead of the alcoholism you know certain types of depression are, are very real things in our minds that can't really be controlled so it might not be that person's fault but at the same time a newly widowed person it would be pretty natural for them to feel some level of bitterness towards the person for doing that to them, even though the person didn't mean to do that to them, right? So so to me, at least, that's sort of the first thing that comes to mind. But the idea here, right, is we we sort of, we have a melody, whatever your melody is, maybe you have a bunch of melodies that you need to write lyrics for. Really dive into, okay, what, what are the emotions here? Not sad and happy, let's dive deeper. And in this case, right, I, I had not one, but three non just sad words right they're all technically synonyms with sad but they're all different angles right and 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 we establish wistful's the main one but there's a touch of bitterness and mourning right so when we can combine these words and have different levels of them and feel like okay that matches with the melody that i have that's really that huge first step that we can take to make sure that we have um make sure that we are on the right track for the lyrics we're writing to our melody. Second step, figure out the natural phrases of your melody. So let's take this melody. This is a melody that I've been working on, wrote recently. Um, it's for a song that has an active title or, or working title, I should say, of The Wanderer. It has a certain piano riff that I wrote and then eventually I came up with a melody over it. And now I have the theme, The Wanderer, um, and starting to workshop some lyrics based off of the piano riff combined with the melody, um, which isn't really important. What's important here is that we find the natural phrases. So here is the melody. So, Probably you just heard two pretty distinct phrases, right? First we have call and then answer. Right? So both of them actually start with the exact same part. We have the, and then the first one goes, and then the second one goes, right? So we have two distinct phrases there. And in both case, and at least in the first case, we'll just take the first phrase, right? Um, so we have that, that phrase, 
right? So that should line up with a line of your lyrics, right? Because that, that's a clear line. It's a phrase. There's your first line. Second line. Second line, right? So now from there, we can break down. Okay, so here are our lines, call and answer. Let's, let's take that next step. So now how many syllables do we have to work with? Okay, so this, to full disclosure, I'm pretty sure this is not a note that will be sung. I just hold this to like as a placeholder, but I think it's just going to start with these grace notes. Right, so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Right, so we have nine different notes, if you will. And those are going to line up with the syllables, right? We need to figure out the syllable count. I obviously can't have 15, a 15 syllable line for something that has nine notes, right? Now you can certainly sort of budget um, a little bit more or less with certain tricks. Like, so for example, of course the melody can adjust slightly. Now it should still be very much in the vicinity of that melody that I've played a bunch of times now. Um, but you know, you can add a couple notes. So for example, if we go back to including that B, instead of, instead of that, we could do, right? So I sort of snuck in a second note there, or, you know, there's a bunch of different ways that you can sort of tweak it just a little bit, right? You take a longer note and make it actually two notes or, or, or something of that nature where, where we can sort of workshop it to add an extra syllable maybe, or take away an extra syllable. Or, you know, there are some words that we commonly can sort of make musically two syllables or more syllables than the word actually is, right? So there's a difference between no and no o, right? Like no and no o, right? Like, but that's a common thing to do in music, right? Where, where we take a word and we can sort of inflate, if you will, how many syllables it is. Now, here's the thing. Personally, I think you should strive to, once you're getting into actual lyric writing, really try to make the syllables exactly fit with the number of notes you have to work with, because that's probably where you're going to get the most natural sounding lyric melody um, combination because you're not stretching words to be more syllables than they are. You're not having to alter the melody for this specific line just because you had to have an extra syllable. But this is where your value judgment's gonna have to come in and you're gonna have to make some, some judgments for yourself, right? Because you don't really wanna compromise the lyric too much, preferably not at all, right? So if, if you have the perfect lyric and it really is for this example, right? We have, we have nine, syllables to work with. But if to use the real right words, it has to be 10 syllables, then yes, okay, probably find a way to adjust the melody in a natural way to make it work. That would be a compromise worth having. But in the case where uh, there's two lyric versions, one that's nine syllables and one that's 10, and they're about the same, there's not a huge difference, go with the nine, right? So we can always adjust later, but for the most part, if you can find a natural, perfect fit of like nine syllables and nine notes, perfect, done. That's the way to go if you can.
So the next step is to figure out what notes are highlighted. So the highlighted notes generally are going to be one of two things. They're either the high or low notes of a phrase, or, and, they're the ones that are held longer, right? So, so let's take this melody again. What notes were highlighted? Think about it, right? So we have, I would say that's the first highlighted note, right? These two are almost just grace notes. There's your first point. Now, this is, this is an E that is both the highest note of the phrase, right? So that helps to make it highlighted. But also, we have these two grace notes sort of up to a longer held note, right? So it, it, that, that has a natural highlight to it. So we have basically not highlighted, not highlighted, highlighted. All right, now what from there? Okay, nothing there is really that highlighted. But I'd argue those last three notes are really highlighted. So the main notes that are highlighted here is, there's highlight, highlighted again. And I know I stressed out the length of those, but really, if you just listen to it naturally again. Right, so the reason that those, I'd say four notes are really the main highlights is this one's the high note, right? And it's held for a little longer compared to the notes around it, right? But then from here, again, all of those notes are held a little longer than the notes around them. So we have sort of grace, grace, and then a held note. And then those are all, again, fairly quick notes. Then all of are held for a little bit longer. And then this last note is the lowest note of the phrase, right? So we, we went as high as E, and then the low note of the phrase, which again gets highlighted because they're, they're sort of on the extremes, right? They're not actual extreme notes, but they are the highest and lowest note that you have in that melodic phrase. So those are naturally going to tend to be the notes that are highlighted. Now, depending on how your melody is written, that might change. And I have some, I'll, I'll dig them up and put the links in the description, but I have a, uh, a blog post that is all about, and a podcast, if you want to check that out instead. I think it's called like Lyrics and Rhythm or something. But it, it, it sort of breaks down all the different things that, that work together to highlight a note as important or to sort of make it less so. And there's a bunch of factors there, like, is it on the downbeat? How long the note is held? You know, how, how well does, or how, how well does that note match with the chord that's being played, right? So if it's, if the chord being played includes the note that the melody is, and it's held for a long time, and it's a high note, that's like the, the ultimate, like this note is highlighted as important. So I break down all that stuff. We don't have time to go over that now, but I'll, Put that in the description. And if I don't, put a comment down below and tell me. That way I can put it in the description if I forget. But the idea here is to figure out what notes are highlighted because we want the natural rhythm of 
the lyrics to really match well with what's highlighted in the melody, right? So for example, this may be obvious, but let's just take this part. For this highlighted highest note of the phrase, it's the first note that's, that's held for a little bit longer. We don't want that word to be like the, right? And the reality is even in the way we speak, which I break this down in a blog post as well. I'll try to remember to put that in the description as well. But we've talked about this before that, that there is a natural emphasis on certain words, right? For example, there's a big difference between I'll tell you what to do and I'll tell you what to do, right? The emphasis there is very different. So the first, the first one, I'll tell you what to do, sounds sort of combative, and it, 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 it highlights the idea of I'm telling you. I'm not telling somebody else, I'm telling you. Whereas the second one, I'm telling you what to do, sort of is like an answer to the question of who's telling me what to do. I'm telling you what to do, right? And both of those are kind of bossy, but uh, then what, right? I'm telling you what to do. Right. So somebody might be like, well, where, where, am, where am I getting the pizza? No, no, no. I'm, I'm telling you what to do. I'm not telling you where to go. The, the point I'm trying to make is what. Those aren't great examples, but it's the idea that like that's the same sentence. Right. But just highlighting different words has totally different meaning. So similarly, in the way we write our lyric, we really want the highlighted notes. Which are usually going to be those high note, low note. Um, of phrases and then the notes held longer, we want those to match up with the main words that we want to emphasize or that are naturally emphasized with the way we would speak the lyrics, right? So again, there's a huge difference between I want you to go and I want you to go and I want you to go, right? Like those are, those are, those are three completely different sentences with three totally different backstories even though the sentences are the exact same, even the punctuation is the exact same. There's nothing at all different about those sentences if you wrote them down. But they have radically different meanings when I say them out loud. I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to go. I want you to go, right? Like literally, I'm just, just change which words emphasize it and they have totally different meanings and connotations. So understanding in your melody what notes are highlighted helps you to sort of understand, okay, this is where I need to put the important lyrics, right? And some, you know, grace notes can be to the, right? Because nobody cares about those words, to the. It might depend on the context, right? But to the bus, right? The bus is the important part, not the to the. Um, or maybe it's not, right? Maybe it's to the bus, you're emphasizing not from the bus to the bus. Again, weird example, but hopefully you're getting my drift here. That being educated about what words are naturally emphasized with the melody helps you to figure out what words are going to be emphasized in your lyric and sort of match those up. So if you know, for example, so now I know the third syllable, whatever that is, that's going to be emphasized. So my lyrics should reflect that, understanding that like this... This should probably not be the, right? It could be the first syllable of a two-syllable word. That's important, right? Maybe three-syllable, right? Because that's sort of all paired together. So maybe a three-syllable word. But the idea, right, is, is again, we're diving really deep now. 
into figuring out what, where the emphases are. And this may sound like a lot to you. And in a way, it sort of is, but it really, it really isn't that much work, especially when you consider that probably your verses are, is just call and answer, call and answer of the same melody, right? The, 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 it's not totally written yet, but probably all of my verses are just going to be comprised of this, which is usually how most songs are written, right? Call, answer, call, answer, call, answer. And in a verse and in a chorus, the call and answer are going to be the same over and over again. So it's really just two patterns I need to figure out. And then, and then the next two phrases will be back to, right? And choruses are often the same thing. Now I like to change it up in the chorus and sort of have a call, answer, call, answer, and now a new part. And hopefully you like to do some, you know, change it up a little bit like that as well. But the idea is there really are not going to be that many different melodic phrases in your music, probably. Um, and it's really worth the effort because it's going to help you really nail down that a great lyric that matches perfectly with your music, which is really the goal, right? We don't want, when somebody hears a song, right? We don't want them to know whether we wrote the lyrics first or the music first. And if the music and lyrics, the melody and the lyrics are both awesome and they pair great together, nobody's going to know which one came first. But if you have a really great melody and the lyrics are just severely lacking, then everybody knows you wrote that melody first, and then the the lyrics, it feels thrown on, right? Like, uh, write a lyric, it works, right? Which is not what we want. Because a great song really comes from great lyric, great melody matched together. And I personally think that chords and harmony is a lot less important but it, it definitely is also important to sort of color the melody, right? Because we've talked about this before, but um, your melody is very much cover, colored by the harmonies or the chords that are supporting it. Um, so, for example, holding a, a, a C note while a C chord is being played, a C major chord versus a C note while an A minor chord is being played is going to have a very different connotation. Context matters in music always. Context is everything. Um, but that is a soapbox for another day. So at this point, you now have an idea. Here's the, the emotion that this melody conveys. Maybe you've even figured out more or less the story that this melody conveys. Then you figured out the natural phrases of your melody. From there, you broke down each of those natural phrases. Okay, what are the syllables that they are demanding from the lyrics, right? So in, in the case of the melody, we took a deep look into, there were nine syllables that are really demanded. And then not just stopping at syllables, but going that next step and figure out what notes are highlighted. At this point, you are ready to just start with your first draft lyric, which again, I've talked about before, but if you want an in-depth guide, link in the description below for my free six-step lyric writing checklist as a simple checklist at the top that you literally can just print out as many copies of as you need with with checkboxes. And then there's there's one part, my iterative lyric writing process that's a little more complicated than just um, check marks. So I made a, a like table thing where you can write, okay, verse one, verse two, and you can sort of talk about like, okay, I've, iter I've iteratively made this better. I've iteratively made that better. So it gets a little more complex, but basically it starts with straight up checklist. And then below, I go in-depth into what each step actually looks like so you have a firm grasp of what each one is. 
Um, so if you think that will be helpful to you, I know it will help you crush it in lyric writing. Lyric writing is so important to me. If anything, I fancy myself more of a lyricist even than, than a music writer. Don't get me wrong, I certainly do both. But at the end of the day, lyrics are my number one thing. I freaking love lyrics. And hopefully you do too. So feel free to check that out. Totally free. I enjoy being part of your week every single week. I appreciate you taking the time to listen and or watch to this. Watch to this. To watch this podcast or watch this video, listen to the podcast. If you have any questions for me, feel free to email me, joseph at songwritertheory.com. Joseph is spelled J-O-S-E-P-H. I'd love to hear from you. Um, I am still planning on doing a YouTube live stream on lyrics. I just have been super busy with other things lately, so I haven't had the chance to put that together, but I am still planning on doing that because I know I've talked about it and I am going to do that. I'm very excited to go live. Um, I've done one live video before for some another for my Mount Rushmore of Everything project, and it was an absolute blast, so I can't wait to do it for Songwriter Theory. I hope you have a good week. Those of you who are on the email list, you know, I used to say happy songwriting as my, my salutation at the end. I've changed it to keep songwriting, and that was on purpose, and that's because sometimes the process of songwriting is not going to be happy. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Sometimes you're going to not want to do it. Sometimes you're going to be stuck on something forever and you're going to get discouraged. Sometimes you're going to put a song out into the world and one person will listen to it and you'll be like, what is wrong with me? Is it my fault? But the main thing I want you to do is keep songwriting because the only way to get better is to keep doing it. And you got to commit yourself to it, not just when it's fun to do, because the reality is nothing is fun to do all the time. But songwriting is worth it. It's worth some of the sacrifices. It's worth the times that a song just won't come together. It's worth all of those times. So to you, I say, keep songwriting. Have an awesome week, and I'll talk to you next time.